Joanna, do you ever wish you could definitively prove that you had the right opinions about movies? Uh, yeah, Neil, because I do have the right opinions about movies and television. Right, Dave? No, because I'm more right about those things, and I demand trial by content. Oh boy, what is trial by content? Each week, we'll take on a huge question. Each of us will bring a choice, and combined with listener submissions and your votes, we will come to a decision. It's trial by content every Tuesday on Spotify, TheRinger.com, or wherever you're listening right now. Don't let Neil win. Don't let Dave win. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the, the beloved sports gal, you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear. Especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA. I make calls. I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it, you can work out in it, you can go outside, you can go shopping down in your local wherever, and you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viore.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I dot com slash Simmons. Listeners, welcome. This is Sound Only. I'm Justin Cherry. And I'm Mike Peters. We're your sound-only co-hosts, here to record our deepest, darkest thoughts about the millennial lifestyle, hip-hop, anime, video game. We haven't talked about anime in a while. We'll get to it at some point. We haven't talked about anime in a while. We're really behind on it. Anime, hip-hop, video games, R&B, future, rapper, extraordinaire, out with his latest Step on your nigga, nigga. (laughs) Step on your nigga and some all white ones, nigga. Immaculately dressed rapper future out with his latest album. I never liked you. In stores, mastermind <laughs> in stores. We talking about future this week. His 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 second uh, all caps album after a two year hiatus. <laughs> um. <laughs> um, here's the thing, future. What's the year? It's 2022, right? Future is the kind of rapper who like. Conceivably, Future could release three, four, five consecutive albums wouldn't warrant necessarily, at this point in his career, wouldn't necessarily warrant dedicated episode of this podcast, right? We wouldn't have done a dedicated episode for Hendrix, I don't think. Would we have? For Hendrix? Would we have done one? Honestly, before? yes, we, yeah, we, 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 we might have. We might we have because, you know, that, that was... Uh, Hendrix is... I don't... Uh, listen... Like I, I was, I would have been able to evangelize about Hendrix for an half hour, my damn self. So, I mean, like, I think that we might've been doing a whole standalone episode on Hendrix. I mean, like, come on. It was, think about the time. Think about the time that it was. Because I mean, like it was, Hendrix was the second number one Billboard 200 
top charting album hey, in as many Kasem weeks. Ass. Okay. Okay. I'm just oh, saying. The stats. But, All right. Well, I'm just like, it was, I, listen, I'm not like, I, I regret my role in, in, in the average God. music fan knowing so much about like yeah. sales projections and shit. But like, you know what it's I mean? It's 50 cents fault. Yeah. Like it's, 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 it's 50 cents fault. It's, it's 50 cents fault, but I am complicit. The, I, but anyway, like it was it back to back, uh, you know, number one albums. We would have been having a conference, maybe not a standalone episode about Hendrix itself, but like certainly about the future of Hendrix, you know, double album. I, I take all of that. I'm going to mount a counterpoint for a second before we get into this album that like future somebody who. Uh, his apotheosis, right, is the specific run, right? What we'll call like the DS2 run, which is years ago at this point, right? Like to me, I just which actually like, March like Madness, yeah, it's real begins. Like, there's a yeah, there's a there's a neat there's like a there's a very like neat narrative around the future stuff, which is honest, uh, public spit with Sierra, monster mixtape. Five mixtape run, you know, and then riches galore after that, basically. Revenge Dad Fantasy ad nauseum. Ad infinitum, <laughs> I mean. Right. And I guess what I'm saying is that even though Future has had definitely been successful, definitely he's caught he's caught like wind again every now and again in the phase after that. But I think in terms of whole projects, I think sometimes future you know, he's like a guy who felt like on a whole project level kind of got less interesting to talk about over time is what I would say about future. That's my take. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Um, I like, I think, um, like gone are the days of mythologizing around the Coover Ross model and, you know, like doing armchair therapy about, you know, <laughs> about where future is at, you know, Etc. It's just kind of like you know, does this hit or not? Um, yeah. I, I think that yeah. we are fully in the stage of his career where we're judging solely based on aesthetics, like all drug imbibing, you know, silver tongue Lothario thing is wearing thin at going on forty. You know, yeah, for sure. He's like not. He's sort of a an anti hype man in that way, right? He's so zoned yeah. out, zonked out disembodied, disassociated, that again, you just have to be into that vibe. But it's not, you know what I mean? Like, future albums aren't the kind of thing that just have the event album aura going for them. However, we now get to I Never Liked You. And I'm going to argue, I'm, I'm going to say a lot of dumb or arguable things in this episode of the podcast. Things mm -hmm. that you will probably need to check me on or that you will need to make sure that I'm not, like, losing my mind here. I think the fundamental premise of I never liked you. You gonna make me be a cop? Alright, all right, I might right, need you like, to like, be this is, okay. uh, private right, security, okay, Blackwater, good. something. Uh, to go me, ahead. I listen to this album, and I think this album is, it's got great shit, and it's got some, huh, shit, but to me, this the premise of this album is, what if Future made a Drake album? Because that's what this, this is like the most tasteful future album for better or worse this is the most self-consciously it is it, like, is, it does feel mold, you know it feels you know 
and I like I then I was thinking about this since I was just kind of like revisiting um so much fun because it didn't get a fair shake. I feel like I didn't give it a fair shake really when it first came out. Like mm-hmm. uh I was I think I was supposed to review it. I w- and I was like listen to it, I was listening to it, I was listening to the advance, I was writing about it, so on and so forth. And then, like, and then Jay Z, you know, dapped up Roger Goodell, and I needed to write about that, you know. So <laughs> I, it was, so I didn't, it didn't really, I didn't really finish. I never finished processing it. Um, and I just remember feeling kind of like underwhelmed by it. It mm-hmm. being like, you know, Young Thug's debut, debut, debut after the debut, <laughs> executive produced by J Cole. Um, like it had like a proper album rollout. It had a live stream that had the balloons and the teasing, the everything and the feet, like it was structured, like it, it, like the rollout and the structure of the album were very like major label event album and orderly in a fashion that was very unyoung thug like, which I think sort of also lent to it not feeling like it just kind of like underwhelming me as a young thug album. Not like and mm-hmm. and the thing is that like it feels weird to say like sterile in this in like around music like his or futures or whatever. And yet I kind of like go back to that discussion that we had about like Yachty when he first came out with the king of the teen shit. And I was just like arguing for his right to exist. You were just being like, well. <laughs> You know, the thing is that, like, it's that he's self-consciously weird. It's sort of like, you know, if you were actually weird, you wouldn't say, you know, the clouds are cotton candy and rainbows are edible. It's like, you know, you would say some weirder shit if you were actually yeah. strange. Yachty was saying Nickelodeon um, shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, I mean, like, is- and it being, like, that sort of idea of somebody... The way that I think I, I like the way that Paul Thompson worded it in his review for for Mick because he wrote about I never liked you for 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 them. And he was just kind of like somebody leaning into the shtick. Um, it's just like leaning him leaning into the bit. I think is what is like the is the Drake the executive produced by Drake feeling of it like the like kind of the joke folding back in on itself. I kind of like wrote about this a little bit when I was talking about high off life too, when this came, when it came out uh, two years ago, because riding strikers is like probably the best song on that album. And there's like about halfway before the flow kicks up into like the, whatever it's fifth gear, second gear, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Future does spends a lot of that album, never really getting out of first, whatever. Um, he says can't enjoy life if it ain't toxic and it's like a breaking of the fourth wall and like it's just like you don't want to hear future say toxic you know like it's something that you it's it's sort of like the title of the movie and the movie type of feeling but yeah it's like it's the thing you're supposed to say about future yeah yeah and it feels like it's sort of he's feeding back into that stuff with the the and I say like the all caps er- album era, like like there weren't you know previously all caps titled future albums like Evil or whatever, but that one kind of was mid too. Oh, uh, 
and that one actually came out when he, you know, had that exclusive Apple streaming deal. And the, it was like kind of that one and Purple Rain came out in the, in close succession. And there was also a bit of future fatigue around then. Anytime that that, ha- like, it's it feels like he is, like, too in step with, like, the marketing around the album or. Yeah, yeah. Like it feels it then like the the album ends up being underwhelming to me. I don't know. Like it's just it's it kind of runs counter to the to the future of the seek, which also I think wears off over time. Part of that is just attributable to time. Cause again, he's 39 and saying shit like put it in her ass, made her PPE. <laughs> <laughs> and he says it in that like black grandpa voice. This actually I'm okay. See, I'm glad you brought that up, right? Because it's like, you remember, we did do an episode about the last Migos album, right? And I think we were talking through some Mm -hmm. of the, like, the discourse about, man, old millennials go up for the Migos. Does anybody under age 30 go up for Migos, right? And we were talking about how, like, part of, you know, part of that is about the kind of trap that they make. But part of it is just about their voices, right? It's some some uncle-ass voices Mm -hmm. rapping. On the Miko's beats, right? And future, future has turn me a fuck nigga over. <laughs> yeah. Wash my hands for dishes to turn it. Yeah, right. It's like you got to switch off the tree, right? You know what I mean, right? And yeah. future, future has a version of that too, where it's like part of his whole thing is that kind of emotional immaturity. But he has a voice. He has that voice. He sounds like somebody's godfather. Yeah. You know what I mean? And which is which also is like kind of why he doesn't sound entirely correct next to you know today's tra- like the, the trap yeah. rappers mm-hmm. du jour you know what I mean mm-hmm. like these niggas like from like next to niggas from Detroit he doesn't sound yeah. right next to 42 Doug he doesn't really sound right I mean Dirk is from Chicago I mean like he's, he doesn't sound right next to Dirk either yeah. like it's these things work but again it's like still sounds best next to young scooter like you know from those couple of songs that came out like uh this morning um or we're recording this on monday you know at, but the 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 song the, the the deluxe edition songs that came out immediately over the weekend uh after the weekend um yeah it's kind of sort of like he is already at, at that stage where he's survive multiple generations so he already is like a legacy millennial act but yeah then there's also the raspy whistly kind of drunk uncle thing you know (laughs) (laughs) um which honestly is when it's best which is that's that's like when it's best on this album is like when he dips into that you know like ridiculous you know pocket of like you know let it be known that i had hoes and also used to deal drugs like but having to contend with like keeping a pace with like the way that music sounds now in a different way like with the production for instance like gold stacks is very propulsive fast in the way that like riding strikers is but he has to keep up rapping the whole time he doesn't get to dip back into the like you know sleepy pocket that yeah, he actually so that, is and for most of the Rod and Strikers thing. Um, but that's, that's, so that's what I was going to say is, is there's an energetic, like propulsive, energetic, right? I think it's, there are lots of moments of Future's career where he can get in the pocket, but it's like, this album, I, 
it's the first time in a long time where I feel like I'm listening to rap, I'm listening to future rap consistently in a manner of like he's awake, awake, you know, and he's a rapper. Mm-hmm. He's a rapper. You know what I mean? Like, and part of that is like him bringing energy, but it's also that I don't know. The beats are a bit more involved, and again, a bit more immaculate. Like this, this, this is closer to being when I, when I compare it to like a Drake album, right? It's not just because of that that uh, R and B singing, like that one two with "Wait for You and Love You Better." It's also like the production feels more like it's trying to be a kind of you know middle brow rap album, right? And I don't know. I, it just yeah. feels like there are nicer little touches to this album. Whereas I think a lot of the times prior to this, future albums, for better or worse, can get really utilitarian. You know what I mean? Can get really sort of just purely functional in a way that this album isn't. This album it gets to be a bit more frivolous and a, a bit more alive, I guess, as I'd put it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like I like I also like I mean the little upturns at the edges of of like his music that used to be I, I guess like more frayed or raw or whatever. Like for instance, Puffin' on Zooties is like if you <clears throat> if you like sent the OVO lab rats out to be like, hey, <laughs> come back with Cody, come back with Cody and Crazy and don't come back at all. <laughs> like and, <laughs> this, like that's more or less what you would get. Is and I mean, it's like, which I mean, I guess is sort of then again, kind of you know, victory lap, victory tour ish future of him doing something that worked for him before and doing and being able to do it on a more expensive scale. Um. Like I, I think that that's kind of, I don't know. I, I guess like the, the app comparison would be more like a, like a. He's sort of like a, player, like a wildly athletic, like prospect who was like ducking from the free throw line as freshman year in the league and you know, 10 years in or, a you know, 12, year 15 hasn't developed really a mid, like a, like a three-pointer or anything that would make uh, the game less punishing for his body. He has to keep attacking the rim <laughs> in order to be good. Uh, but I know this is kind of like washing over you. I know, you could be describing me. Like, you, you might be talking about me and my hamstring injury. I don't, uh, but you know, I trust I, you. I trust your literary license with the art of basketball. So I'm going to let you run with it. Nah, I like, yeah, I, which I mean, you know, like the, we've all seen the, the, the future meme with him, like, which is his face plastered on Kobe Bryant standing over like the five trophy, the five NBA trophies. It's, so I'm like, you know, I'm not all the way off here, you know, <laughs> I'm just saying that, uh, this is not like it's just it's fine it's just not a good future album somewhere Mm. along the way like it became such that you can't recreate first it became that you can't recreate the energy and 
listenability of like the first night of experiencing a future album on social media with other people. Mm -hmm. And now it's like sort of like going back to it feels the same way as like going back to old tweets just feels like reaction to stimuli and like, you know, the stimuli are no longer there. So it makes, you know, no sense in that way. It just feels sort of tetherless and, you know, misguided. <laughs> kind of all over I the place. Just, I just, okay, it's just, you use the word fine. Fine, I think that's where we'll disagree because it's like, I think maybe on average we might assess the album the same, but I think fine is the last word in the English language I would use to describe this album. To me, my reaction to it is more like half of this album is ridiculous. It's just, it's in a bad way. It's bad. Half of this album. And the other half is good ridiculous. Half of like what I mean. It averages to fine. So listen, (laughs) probably it like it averages to fine and fine is fine is definitely burying the lead a little bit because this does have some of the weird. This has some of the weirdest future songs on it. Future songs that just don't like they just didn't need to. We just didn't need. We just didn't need four nut for real. <laughs> like, and as it like, yeah, and the thing is that like, I'm saying that now, but I'm absolutely going to develop an ironic attachment to that song. <laughs> um, it's like me and Drake. The, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like it's, uh, there, there are I mean, like, and then the, like the, like the, the, they sampled the Tim's record, him and Drake, that, that really mm-hmm. saccharine love record sucks. I don't really, I think that one's pretty awful. Um, like, and yet like, the there's some Drake of the one, best, right? the second Drake one, the second Drake one. Yeah. 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 The second Drake one's bad. Yeah. I agree. But I mean, like this has some of the best future records, like of the last six years on it. And also some of the worst. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, Restrictions all apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the the beloved sports gal, you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear. Especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA. I make calls. I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it, you can work out in it, you can go outside, you can go shopping down in your local wherever, and you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viore.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com. Slash Simmons. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 
miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. What you think about this Kanye verse? Beat is fire. I mean, would you come on? What you think? Come on, let's be honest. Be honest about <laughs> Kanye in twenty twenty two. Nobody's running for anything right now. No, 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 no. Like nobody's nobody's running for anything right now. It's it's just sort of like I think that. With Kanye West now, it's sort of knowing all the stories you know about, like, how he behaves in the studio. And, like, it's like I immediately start, like, picturing, like, the differences in behavior between him and everybody else that's in the building that day. It's like I've... Because it's like he... The way that he comes in on that song is so divorced you know <laughs> like the energy that he has <laughs> is such divorced dad energy like it's just I like you remember the live stream from him and the like the 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 Georgia Dome uh wearing the the Balenci mask and boots and the and the and the uh yeah. of course and and the and the Teflon vest or whatever doing push-ups doing dumbbell push-ups Yes, I of course like I by himself. How how could one ever? Yeah, yes. mm-hmm. I, like it's just kind of in solitary. Yeah, like it's the same. It's like it's the same kind of like why? What do you like? Why is this? What what is the? I'm just exhausted by the presence of it. Not even like you know. I can't even like it's I can't engage with it on any other level than like, you know, I this is like this thing haranguing me and I need it to be over. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I might add a little structure to this. I think we're going to here's the thing with this this song. Right. Keep it burning. I think so. I I was not demoralized, exhausted by it. I was energized by it. I didn't think it was great verse i think my problem with kanye I'm, I'm realizing um i mean whatever we have like a million problems with kanye on any given day i think one problem i'm having with kanye even when a verse of his doesn't annoy me is he at this point has been doing basically the life of pablo flows it's like really the life of pablo feels like it was the last flow he developed and despite all the sort of chapters of the Kanye West drama we've gone through since the life of Pablo, too many of his raps feel like I'm just listening to the life of Pablo still. And I don't particularly like the life of Pablo that much. And so I kind of just want him. You know, that's a, a good point. I want him in a different groove, I think is what it is. Like, it's just this, the cadences are just too old. You know, the last, the last good 
the last con less actual like way that he came like the last time that I liked the way he came in on a feature mm-hmm. um was not 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 watch but I tried that was that wasn't it that was super dark uh that was the 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 Gucci record um uh, when when uh like every everybody looking off of the whatever that oh pussy print what an awful hook and what an awful name for a song but the way that Kanye came in was like actually pretty smooth. He was just like, me and Gua making super moves, stacking stupid cash, stacking through the roof. You don't fuck with me to feel the future. Like it was like it like that was the first, it was kind of ridiculous, like in if you, you know, lay it out end to end or whatever, but it was at least different and not the life of Pablo flow shit that he was doing. Since life of Pablo, yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, it also took him like a long time to get around to making a song with Gucci Mane, despite their career really being long time. pretty being pretty like running in parallel. Um, yeah, I don't know. You know, okay, so to I'm gonna go back real quick to the comparison you're drawing with Migos, right? It's like you remember back, you remember back during the god awful mumble rap quote unquote discourse years, right? We were still reacting to sort of, you know, the dominance of Atlanta and sort of younger rappers sort of emerging with more sort of mealy mouth styles or like disassociative styles. And Future, it was like a common way to talk about Future back then when people were also like hearing Lil Uzi Vert and losing their minds on, you know, boomers on Facebook, losing their minds about Uzi and shit like that, was to point to someone like Future or to point to Future specifically and be like, no, actually he's good money because he's Dungeon Family. And actually, if you knew the history of Future, you would know it's like him and Outcast are in if the If you same knew that boat. he started out as Meathead. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's all that stuff. And that was like a, a credibility-begging thing, right? And now you now you fast forward like seven years and and you, you, you make the same observation, right? Of like, yeah, Future came up, Dungeon Family, yada, yada, yada. I'm like, damn, you're right. Like, Future sounds like he has been rapping since slavery. You know what I mean? He said, like, that's sort of what I mean. It's sort of the, like, <laughs> future, a future album. Like, Took me some shoes up forget where I'm at. <laughs> for the same reasons that the Migos album, like, shouldn't have worked, right? Or should have felt kind of like it was past its sell-by date. Or, or you at least might have felt nervous, right? That, like, oh, man, is, like, are the are Migos too old, right? You should, it's like, I should have similar concerns about Future. And I think for a while I did. But something about this album, it really does feel genuinely rejuvenated. You know what I mean? Like this dude who otherwise has this, like, how old did you say Future is again? You said he's like, he's in his 40s? You ain't make that up, right? No, he's, he's in not his in his 40s. He's, I didn't make that up. He's like nearly 40. Future okay. All right. Nearly is... 40s. Okay. All right. Who among us is uh, nearly 40? I mean, that's. <laughs> Who among us isn't nearly 40. He's 38. Excuse me. I said 39. He's 38. And that was, uh, and that was, that was unfair of me. Okay. He's 38. He's 38. Okay. Bet. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's like, I don't know. God bless whoever brought it out of him, right? Because again, he's somebody who should have. It felt like he should have been in the same position as as Migos, right? Where it's like he doesn't necessarily sound like he pairs well with a lot of his 
descendants, as it were, or even his his contemporaries, right? But I don't know, man. I kind of feel like he made a, and I know I said totally positive stuff about Certified Lover Boy. I feel like in a lot of ways, this album is sort of a better version of Certified Lover Boy. I really believe that. I really believe he made mm. a Drake album. I really believe that, like, the it's it's both the, yeah. the nature of the R and B flourishes on this album, and also the nature of the kind of Drake Rose style overproduction sort of neo sample, you know, like resurgent um, exotic vintage sampling stop moments that happen on this album. Like I don't know, man. I think, I think he that pulled it's off a Drake more, album. It's I think it's better. And more, I have to say that, like in these instances, because I mean, like we, I feel like we said similar things about Hendrix when it came out too. Is that, mm-hmm. um, like it's really like the like the Drake album that Drake couldn't make ever. Like it's just in each instance. Uh, I mean, because it's like that that that's even though it has like sort of like that overproduced quality, like the looseness and I mean, like the looseness of it too, it's, you know, you know, boot and Bane is not something that like Drake manages to accomplish in 26 songs, let alone and like, you know, how future <laughs> manages to do it in, in 12, even. Well, except in this case like, where it know, is in fact, except like in this case. Songs. Yeah. Except in this case. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think it's just like... I don't know. It's, it's, it, it is another entry to a very long catalog where I will keep maybe four of the songs mm-hmm. and, yeah. you know, jettison the rest. That, Which is how it like goes with most future projects. I mean, yeah, it's fair. I do. I just do think that as an overall thing. Again, even though I'm, I'm saying that I think half of it is ridiculous in a bad way, and half of it is ridiculous in a good way. I, I, I'm glad that I have this whole album because it, it just feels like even if you're right, right, like even if I only walk away from this thing with four songs, it does feel like it is a in total. It's this like interesting document of an artist who I think otherwise until this point has struggled to even, it's not even struggled. It's just like, I, I would never have guessed until listening to this, that he was even interested in making an album that sounds like this album sounds, I guess is what it is. I think it's also surprising in the sense that, you know me, I I never really like to indulge critique of like celebrity relationships or like, let's talk about the dynamic between these two rappers and like their celebrity friendship and shit like that. And to me, Right. The the Drake future dynamic has always seemed like a little overanalyzed, you know, and it's just like future and Drake are just such different. Like, yeah, they work together a lot. Right. But they just seem like such different personas that I've never really bought the idea that these two people talk to each other on any non-professional <laughs> basis. Right. But then I guess I just I, I listen to this album and I think, oh, yeah, future has learned some shit from Drake. You know what I mean? It's like this weird moment of realization of like, oh, okay, this is this is kind of evidence of like these two otherwise different musicians having a relationship that has borne fruit in this very tangible way. 
Whereas, like, I think on a lot of shit they've done together over the years, I mostly just listen to it with the sense of, I don't know, two people trying to, like, make Fetch happen. I don't know. I don't know. There's just a lot of Drake on this album. There's just a lot of Drake on this future album, despite the fact that literally Drake is only on a couple of songs. That is my yeah. opinion. Yeah. Drake, um, Drakeness is, is, Drakeness is a quality. Um, it is. Drakeness is a quality that, you know, we can observe in other things. His tendrils stretch far and wide. That's, I mean, I've observed, I've observed, observed Drakeness fingers of you buzz. every week. <laughs> well, Damn. You nigga, you see, <laughs> uh, fuck you, nigga. Um, I don't know, Michael. What else you got going on? I'm going to tell you something, man. I, um, I messed my hamstring up again. This is, this is round three of like me being an injured person with the <laughs> podcast. Uh, and I, I like sat, I kicked back and watched like six consecutive Darren Brown special. Do you know who Darren Brown is? I had not heard. Of I don't dude. even know who that is. He's a magician. I actually, I, like, it's, He's a fucking British ma- magician, right? And not like the fucking David Blaine, like, magician where it's How all did you this even strenuous... F- Wait, hold up. How did you even you find do? us? Why How did you, you even come you across... You do! No, you do. You do. You know I, what? No, I mean, I'm... like, it's like... No, there's no... No, 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 no. I don't have my YouTube suggestions, despite all the weird shit that I watch on there. I've never had street magic suggested to me, Okay. <laughs> Yo, here's Close the thing. Close up street magic has never been suggested to me on YouTube. L- here's the thing, listeners, you're gonna get a ground floor listen to this. Michael, we should pitch like another podcast called Channel Four. And it's just gonna be us talking about fucking British TV shows and specials that aired like anywhere between 15 and six years ago that we are just now hearing about. Because they aired on British television and Netflix only acquired the rights to them in 2018 or later, or because I was on YouTube for some reason. So it's, we put Utopia <laughs> and we could put Darren Brown. <laughs> Anybody else would have recommend? We could put Broad Church. I, that might be BBC. But the name <laughs> of the podcast would be Channel 4. And we will just talk about British television that we are extremely late to. Darren Brown is a magician. However, he's a skeptic, right? Uh-huh. He's kind of, he's more into the like the mentalist stuff. <laughs> However, he's crowd he's control, <laughs> manipulating people. Uh, I'm picturing, I'm picturing, I'm picturing a nigga in an express suit with his top four buttons undone, like walking around, touching his temple, saying, "You got this in your pocket." <laughs> is that is that more or less what's happening? Well, it is, but you got to <laughs> embellish this a little bit more, right? Because you have to understand, Darren Brown blew up in the 2000s, on, in TV at least, right? In terms of getting TV opportunities, which means in like the mid-2000s, right? So what this means is that all the the hot, the, the best Darren Brown specials all have that quality of TV production where it's like they're trying to do that Y2K uh green font over everything. Everything looks like the TV production from the former Anderson Cooper TV series, The Mole. And they, you know what I'm talking about, right? That specific style <laughs> of, of TV production where everything's kind of too corny, like global green. 
I don't, I don't know how to explain it, man. It's just he's from. It's he's like like, a, a yeah, like, like the weekend news update type time. of vibe. Yeah, I don't, man. It's I've been I watched I watched him persuade a bunch of old people to rob an art gallery. Uh, I watched him. I'm not even, I don't want to spoil the premises. I'll just say I watched for listeners too who are familiar with Darren Brown. I watched the heist. I watched The Great Art Robbery. I watched uh, The Russian Roulette that he does on live television. The Russian Roulette. He does Russian Roulette. Um, he plays Russian Roulette on live television? On live television, yeah. I watched I watched him. Okay. Predict the He also did a live special mm -hmm. where he okay. predicted the lottery, the lottery numbers. I didn't like that one. Uh, that one's not good, and I think his explanation sucks and for how he did it. it, it where's is, the element um, of moral danger? Yeah. You know, I'm kind of yeah, like it's. it's you're already it's, walking me I back the push. from, from Yo, like you know, the you push, can't give the me on Russian roulette and then say lottery numbers. The uh, push, the push. That's what it's called. The push is actually on Netflix because it aired years ago. It aired years before Netflix acquired the rights to it. It's on Netflix. It's basically about him trying to create a scenario that culminates in a person under suggestion pushing somebody off the roof of a building. Right? Uh, wow. All this, it's like, it's, it's weird because of his sort of, like his whole thing is that he explains his stuff and he's a skeptic, right? So he's not trying to get you to believe in magic. But then it's like, he layers suit. It's like he layers like quasi pseudo scientific explanations on top of things that are also bullshit, but in their own way. And I don't know. It's still really engaging. I, I like. Anyway, that's what I spent this weekend doing. Um, I don't know what you got to talk about. Channel Four a podcast coming in addition to sound only. Apparently, after we write a few pitch documents. I mean, I have, I have, I have absolutely nothing that can contend with, uh, with, with that. I've been getting my ass beat by Crucible Night, and that's been taking up my time. It, it like, I was so frustrated that I've which been, Crucible I've Night are you stuck on an Elden Ring? I played, I've like, I've played through, like, I've played through meeting to go see the Northmen because that's what I actually wanted to try to talk about this week. Uh, <laughs> because I heard that there was a naked sword fight in volcano. That seems pretty, you know, tight to me. Um, but it's one of the CO for Aqueduct, man. Like it's just, it's just annoying. It's 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 the bane of my existence. I hate it. Like I had a leisurely break during which I was reading Bram Stoker's Dracula. You know, wow, listen, like listen music. You know, um, uh. Watching flight attendant, <laughs> and then I came back to it, and it just like it was like man. Anyway, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. It sucks. I'm gonna do it though. I'm gonna I'm gonna get I'm gonna get past it because it's like I gotta I gotta something else needs to occupy my thoughts. Fair um, enough. Wait, by the way, we need to tell us like what anime are we gonna talk about? Because we I feel like we have bunch of stuff we could have been talking about. I don't even know. I don't know what anime I should catch up with. Maybe listeners could help us out with this, honestly. Um, did you ever watch Ranking of Kings? Or did I just No! And that? then Eric Thurm texted me about it and I forgot. Ranking of Kings, but I need to watch. Yeah, okay. you absolutely need to watch that. Yeah. Like, let's okay. do that. And Can you run down we, what it is real you know, quick? Listeners, listen. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. 
so um, we begin in this kingdom. We have this young prince named Boji. Boji is this small, adorable little sweet bun with pinchable cheeks that can't talk. Um, he also is very weak, can't really hold like a great sword, and therefore, even though he's prince to one of the strongest kings in existence, um, like he, you know, being heir could never, you know, be a leader because he can't speak. And also he's a laughing stock. And again, he can't really, you know, he's very weak. The story is more or less about how he becomes a king, but also thwarts this crazy plot in which the king conspires to um, commit regicide after death by taking over his other son's body. It's like, it's crazy. You need to... Jan like, 6, January 6th. All right. Yeah, but it's also like, you know, it's a story about self-acceptance and, you know, friendship and no man being an island in the same way that most battle anime are. Like, he finds <clears throat> one of his... He finds his best friend, uh, the shadow who has lived his entire life in exile and persecution because his people were assassins and then were wiped out by like this order of light faith night people. And, you know, it's a whole thing. It's honestly like the, the, the lore of it is like the parts that I remember least uh, because the show is like so emotionally impactful and also so like well drawn. Like the the Sakuga sequences in it are not only like well executed, they're also really imaginative. Um, like in a way that I haven't really thought about that since I guess like watching Mob Psycho One Hundred. Um, because those okay. fights get like delirious. You remember? Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. these are like more grounded, but. Like, they're also, they play with perspective, like the way that characters see other characters versus how they exist in the real world and how that changes the nature of a fight. Yeah, I mean, like, you'll see what I'm talking about, like, as you watch it, but, like, it's really, it's really well done. Um, I'm, not, I'm not, like, you know, a huge fan of the way it resolves itself, but I, we could talk about that when you watch it. Yeah, okay, but I will, I will watch. I will make a point of watch it, watching it. I'm pledging to you, listeners and Micah alike. Uh, yeah, other anime recommendations, actually, listeners, please send to us, or any recommendations, or any feedback on the show, whatever. Um, soundonlypod at gmail.com. Um, I don't know, maybe start sending us, like, questions you might want to do, too, for a mailbag, something like that, you know. Yeah, start sending us some questions for a We're gonna get, we're gonna get, we're gonna do another mailbag episode. So, so yeah, yeah mail, email us yeah. some questions. We'll do anime episode, mailbag episode. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I don't know. You got anything else though, Michael? No, man. That's I think that's all I got this week. Okay. All right. Bet. I'm Justin Charity, and I'm Mike Peters. Shouts out. To our producer, Stefan Anderson. We'll see y'all next week.
This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.